are listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Mary, she said to her cousin Elizabeth, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts, in the thoughts of their hearts. And he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise that he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And then Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. So today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We come to the end of our sermon series, Sing All Ye Citizens, where we've been looking at the Christmas carols as our source of uh, hope and, and inspiration in this season. We began with the most popular Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, voicing the hope and the, the prayer for Jesus to come to us, God with us. A hope that is uh, echoed in the Hebrew Bible's prophecy of a Messiah who shall come and save the people of God. And then the next week we, we sang of the arrival of the angels, angels we have heard on high, looking at the, uh, listening, I guess I should say, to the message of those of those heavenly uh, evangelists, bringers of good news. And then last week, the third Sunday of Advent, we heard the good news that the angels actually shared. They sang, singing together, we said, Hark, the herald angels, they sing. And we listen to their message, which is a praise of God for the arrival of the newborn king, heavenly born prince of peace, the incarnate deity, Jesus Christ. And that brings us to our final carol, which is the most 
published, popular Christmas carol in the 20th and now into the 21st century, which is Joy to the World. Once you've heard the prayer for a Savior, and then the heavens have opened and angels have come to tell you that your prayers have been answered, that God himself has come to be your Savior, well, then the only appropriate response to that kind of news is joy. So uh, in this series, when when Susan and I first met to talk about how do we want to arrange a series that that looks at certain Christmas carols, one, how do you pick just four to focus on? Luckily, we had a couple more we could sing each week, but we thought about that progression of of the prayer of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the angels then who appear, what it is they have to share, and then what that does to us, what that should do to us. So before we get too far into this, I I actually have some very exciting news that I want to share with you all today. And I've I've been thinking about it, and I I just can't wait to see how you respond to this. You ready? Okay. God is coming to us. Right? Yes! Yay! God is coming to us. God, yes, God. God who forgives you. There we go. God who will never leave you. God has saved you. God will be with you through everything. God who is coming to completely heal creation, to take away all pain so there will be no more death and no more sadness and unite us with all who we have ever loved to give us nothing but beauty and praise for all eternity. That's the news. Just receive that love. Just be at peace. Share that with others. Now, I know that is a lot to take in. That, that news I, I got to deliver to you today. I couldn't wait. I've been so excited to share that with you. I can give you a minute to process it if you need, just to take it in. If you didn't quite catch it, God, I said, God, who is the author of the best-selling book in the whole world, the Bible. He's also, incidentally, the creator of the universe, God. God who has more power, more influence than any celebrity, any human you can imagine, that God knows you and doesn't just know you. That God is moved, concerned by your prayers. And that God has come to save you. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's literally greater than anything else I could possibly share with you as far as good news goes. Now, maybe you already heard that before, so it's not quite as shocking, surprising news. So I get maybe a little tempered reaction. But if I told you that exciting news I had to share is that I had submitted our church for an Oprah competition, and we had been selected, and she was here today, she's come on out, she's going to, she's not. But, but so many of you looked. 
that she's going to come out, she's going to renovate our clinics. And also under every pew, there is a key to a new Kia that's parked outside. You're all getting a new car. If I had told you that, it'd be pretty exciting. That would be pretty incredible. I mean, we're weird, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> the news that God, the creator of the universe, more important than any, any human, has given us the answer to our eternal prayer. But everybody's getting a Kia? We're weird. I mean, humans, they'll take to the streets. We'll take to the streets when if our candidate wins an election. But tell us that the hopes and fears of all of the years are met in Jesus Christ today. Remind us that though we may die, we will live. Invite us to a feast every single week that joins us together with the angels and all people on earth and in heaven with Christ as the host. Well, you know, we did that last week. It's old news, I guess. This is the remarkable challenge of Christian faith, to hold on to the joy of God, that God is with us, to have that, that same joy that, that came at the first announcement with these many centuries between us, especially since we have the tasks of our own time that, that occupy so much of our minds, they take their toll on our joy. The news we receive at Christmas, it's so beyond our comprehension that it has become mundane, ordinary, And our response, if we muster one at all, it certainly rarely matches the size of the gift. We sometimes say in a prayer of confession that we have not loved God with our whole heart. We love God with some of our heart some of the time and never in proportion to the love that we receive from God. But we are only human Plus, the weight of the world is always upon us. It's hard to be always lost in the wonders of his love when the burdens of maybe wonder less work is bearing down. Grades are due, sales calls, a backlog on the warehouse floor, half the staff are out sick, yet another doctor's appointment, all of this stuff demands space in our minds and hearts. So what's left at the end of the day to ponder the gifts of eternity? It's not easy to repeat the sounding joy when we're worried about maybe the next school shooting or when a a, a two-mile-wide tornado just randomly drops out of the sky and turns everything, your whole life upside down, just like that. The wonders of the love of God in Christ Jesus can be both the best news that we could ever receive and also so utterly, that we are so utterly overwhelmed by the struggles and pleasures of this life we cannot scarce take it in. The grace of God is so good that we don't know what to do with it. And because we don't have to worry about earning it, Put it as a thing we have to to earn, work for, pay for, invest in. Well, we'd we'd put that on our calendar, but 
we don't have to earn this. It's freely given to us, so it's pretty easy to forget about. I'll just tuck away the love of God in this drawer over in my house where I put all of the other random things that might be useful one day, the half-drained AAA batteries, the twist ties. Just tuck it away there. I'll open the drawer occasionally, and oh, there, yes, the love of God, I remember. Maybe I'll need it tomorrow. Rather than live in the constant state of thanksgiving for the gift of Jesus, we, we might actually be needing to set an alert on our phones to remind us to take time out of the day and thank God for literally everything that is good in the world. And I, I don't say that as a, a toss. I, I, I've done that, and it's helpful. <laughs> because everything good in the world, beautiful, is a gift from God, and it's so easy to forget. We might just need to set a little reminder. One of the reasons that I love Advent and Christmas season is that there's some help. We get some help with this, some help stirring up the feelings about what is so great that we, we can barely take in. And we get some, some language for praise. In the season, we come to church and we immerse ourselves in the music and the poetry and the scripture and the beauty. For a moment, we, 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 we let our hearts perhaps be lifted into the realm of glory where the mystery of all that we say we believe, it actually takes hold of us. And we really are grateful and hopeful and praising God and declaring joy to the world. So Isaac Watts, he was a, another of the prolific hymn writers of the 18th century. When, he, when Watts was younger, he attended worship with his father, uh, and he complained, believe it or not, young child complained about how dull and somber worship was in the 18th century. He said, to see the dull indifference, the neglect and thoughtless air that sits upon the faces of the whole assembly while the psalm is upon their lips. It might even tempt a charitable observer to suspect the fervency of their inward religion. Which is to say, he wondered how it could be that, that these Christians could be singing words like we said together in Psalm 98, uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord, break forth into joyous song and sing praise, but then do it so dully, without smiles, without joy. How could it be that, that they could be so fervent in their, what they profess? was Isaac's question. So his dad did what a lot of other parents might do. He said, okay, so what? You think you can do better? Why don't you, why don't you try and write some hymns? So he did a lot of them, probably more than, than any other that we still are singing today. He published a hymnal called Psalms of David Imitated in the Language of the New Testament in 1719. And it was his attempt to put the biblical praise that we just shared to put it in the language and the poetry of his day. He wrote what we now call contemporary Christian music. Joy to the World first appeared in that hymnal 302 years ago. Contemporary Christian music. Uh, it's Watts 
interpretation of Psalm 98. And Watts gives us music to sing with our hearts what our minds cannot comprehend. That is that the whole creation is responding to the glory of God who comes to us. Watts was using the Hebrew Bible to imagine the same anticipation, but not for the birth of Jesus, but for the return of Christ to us all. That's why some hymnals today, I can't remember if the Lutheran has it or not, but some hymnals today have it in the Advent section, and some have it in the Christmas section. To have it in the Advent section reminds us that we are singing about a time that we hope for in the future. In the Christmas section, we're singing about the birth of of Christ uh, that has already occurred. Watts really was, was not writing a Christmas song. He was writing a song about our hope for the return of Christ. Our joyful response to that news, as I said earlier, he says that God is coming to us to wipe away every tear. To, to give joy to our hearts with all creation. To be in constant praise. He's not remembering the birth of Jesus. He's telling us today to get ready to receive our king. To let every heart prepare him room. That means that we take the time to set aside all of the worries, all of the demands of work, all of our attempts to to get a hold of our life and to control, to set aside the technology that that zaps so much of of our energy to make some, some room for God to come into our reality today. He is coming, and this is joyful news for all of the earth. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she sang the very first Christmas song, It came straight from her heart. We read it together, straight from her heart, immersed in the language of her Jewish faith, which she had been a part of this long history of of praying for a Savior. And this scripture that we read together, it's commonly called Mary's Magnificat. And it's this hymn of praise. It's this Christmas song. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. She went to visit her, her, uh, Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. When she arrived, she just burst into song. She proclaims, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely she knew how remarkable it was the long-awaited Savior would be born. And to her, an unwed woman from rural Judea. And she knows that this gift, it not only elevates her for all generations as the single woman who carried God in her womb and bore him into the world, but that this gift was not only the gift of an expectant mother, This is the gift to the whole world. Mary proclaims the true radical nature of this gift. She sings the power and of the power and the justice that Jesus brings. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and he's lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things, not with junk, with good things. And he sent the rich away empty. Even if for a moment, 
This Advent season creates the space for us to let our imaginations loose. Join with the reality of Mary who knows how the birth of her child will impact the world, especially those who struggle. And with Watts, who used his creativity to try to help us feel something through this song, what what, what is really, truly the greatest joy. Sometimes it, it, it takes some intention for us to allow our imagination to entertain the truth that God has come into the world and God is coming into the world out of pure love. It takes some will on our part to choose joy over all of the other competing emotions of this moment. But thank God we have music to help us to sing joy to the world. The Lord is come. We're ready. We've been ready for this gift since Mary said, we're ready. We need this gift. Joy in this song is not just for human beings either, but it is joy for the whole earth. Watts sings the joy of Christ's salvation, which signals the restoration of all creation as it was in the beginning. A setting into right relationship, humanity with God and creation. He says, no more. Let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He's alluding all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, when, when the, 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 the thorns in the ground were a result of a fall. The gift of Jesus' birth, it's not just for Mary who praises the birth of her son, and it's not just for Israel who received their long-awaited Messiah, but it is for all people in all nations in all time, and for all heaven and all earth. And so joy to the world. Echoing the words of of so many Hebrew psalms, this, this song proclaims joy to the whole earth. Let the fields and the floods, the rocks, the hills, the plains, all repeat the sounding joy. Let heaven and nature sing. This can make a difference. This can make a difference in you and me, when we let the hope of this news really seep into our hearts, to stir it into joy, that no matter the conditions of our life, no matter where we find ourselves, perhaps we, we may even be stirred to participate in the bringing of joy and justice, hope and possibilities to others, which in turn has a way of lifting our hearts to joy. That's how the joy of the gospel creates the reality that it hopes for. I'm wondering, then, where you may find opportunities to experience such joy this Christmas. The promise is as true and real as ever. So let heaven and nature sing and may we join them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.